This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hi, I'm Mary Payne Gilbert, and this is my podcast, Pain in the Pod. Today, my guest is Laura Marie Shaneholz. Laura has a podcast called Sexy Unique Podcast, where she deep dives into the roller coaster of emotions of the best show ever made, Vanderpump Rules. Laura is also known as Babe Walker, the writer of White Girl Problems, and she has another podcast called Babe. Laura is busy, but today we have her talking about her amazing podcast, Sexy Unique Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mary Payne. Hello. I love your accent. Oh, see. It makes me wanna it makes me wanna start getting in touch with my Oklahoma roots and going to that accent. <laughs> okay. Well, after this podcast, we will talk because my husband's family is from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have a lot to talk and about. And I'm there all the time. Okay. So as of this taping of this, we are on episode three of Vanderpump mm-hmm. Rules. And um just give me a quick hit about how you're feeling before we get into your podcast stuff, how you're feeling about the season so far. You know, I think this season is off to a little bit of a slower start than last season. We got very spoiled with the bombshell Faith and Jack's revelation in season six. And so, and I think over the course of the, in the year of the off season, we've really seen these people become like celebrities. Like they are, true blue famous people now. So I think when that happens, it causes an effect where a show, reality show starts to feel much more produced. So it is feeling a little more produced, but the laws are still there. And I'm like, I mean, I'm overjoyed watching this show every time I tune in. So I have very little nuanced complaints, but you know, I'm just grateful to be living in a world where Vanderpump Rules exist. <laughs> I, I could not agree with you more. It has been my favorite since the jump. So let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about your podcast. So okay. uh, people may or may not know you started out on a different podcast that covered Vanderpump Rules, and it sort of um, fell apart, and you left. Yeah. I heard that episode that day when y'all had that falling out. Uh, very uncomfortable very, experience. Very. Um, tell me about that just a, a little bit. Um, about the podcast itself or the kind of trajectory of it? Uh, the trajectory of the old podcast into the new podcast. So after season two of Vanderpump Rules, I realized I had no choice but to make my feelings known about the best show on television. And so I had linked up with a couple friends to produce a podcast called Pumped Podcast, which was like the original iteration of my like Vanderpump Rules podcasting journey. And uh, it started out, it was very much the same as Sexy Unique Podcast, where it was like three of us and usually like a special guest would just rip into each episode and recap them and give our like thoughts, feelings, opinions, etc. And it was kind of that magical era where Vanderpump Rules was, it was like a dark horse. Like the people that watched it were obsessed with it, but not, it wasn't on a lot of people's radars. So the cast, they were really accessible. So we started reaching out to cast members to come onto the podcast and they were like pretty DTF with us. 
And we cycled through, like had most of them on the podcast. But over time, my co-host and his girlfriend at the time got started forging like a real personal relationship with a lot of the cast members. And it just changed the dynamic. It's difficult, right? Because I love Vanderpump Rules and like I love watching all the cast of the show on TV. But once you're like seeing them on a regular basis, it becomes hard to like kind of talk shit about the show because you have some sort of personal connection to them or you feel guilty. And I don't like to do like a two-faced thing. So for me, I've kept usually like a distance between myself and the cast members because I'd rather just watch the show and loll about it. Yeah, it's, um, it seems like the other hosts became a little too insular and, and friendly with them. And so they couldn't really be objective and and just sort of discuss the show as a viewer. It was more like, hey, don't talk about my friend, that kind of thing. Exactly. And so as uh, the the conceit of the podcast changed because it originated with us just like talking shit about Vanderpump Rules and then – I would kind of continue down that path, but then my co-host would start defending things that were like pretty indefensible, like from a viewer's standpoint. But if you're a personal friend of someone, you're going to be like, no, they did it this way. And that's why. So it just created a little bit too much tension. And at that point we were doing the podcast just out of the love for the show. Like we weren't making any money off of it or anything. So it kind of became one of those things where it's like, why are we spending time fighting about this show like it's not worth it anymore we should just go our separate ways you guys do your thing I'll do my thing and we'll call it a day and then how quickly did sexy unique podcast it's like cut off one head and another one pops right up um sexy unique podcast I knew I didn't want to stop talking about Vanderpump Rules but I also like didn't know anything about podcasting other than just like talking into a microphone so I took about, I think it was maybe like a month, three weeks to a month, and just started Googling how to podcast and watching YouTube videos and researching what equipment I needed. And I just decided I'm going to do this myself. Like I've gotten burned by partnerships. I went to film school. I know something about, I know like basic XYZs of audio recording. So I just decided it was going to be a DIY operation. So that took me a few weeks to get everything up and running. And then it was just off to the races after that. Yeah. And your new podcast is great. And so do, do you, you do you ever speak with the other people on that show anymore? Um, yeah, I actually saw it was definitely a little tense for a while, but um you know, that's died down and now we see each other socially and I have like a, I have no hard feelings. Like I have a very friendly rapport with pretty much everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. It's a, it's a happy ending. Yeah. It's not, you know what, pinning like a lot of personal problems, letting the cast of Vanderpump Rules become like the synthesis of having like personal beef with someone is, it's not worth it. And that's like not the kind of life I want to live. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point when you put it that yeah. way. It uh, got to like way too meta to be actually fighting about me defending, like when we started having fights that were echoing the fights of the people on Vanderpump Rules, I was like, this is wild. I never expected it to go down that road. So I'm just glad to not be having life imitating art in that way anymore. <laughs> it is pretty meta. It is pretty meta. Um, now, you told me before that you 
don't watch the show live. You usually watch it the next day. So how many times do you watch it to take your notes for your podcast? So usually I watch it the next day. Sometimes I'll get together with a friend who has cable and I'll watch it live. Generally, I'll watch it between two to three times. It's at least two, sometimes three, if I really need to like go in again and just like make sure I'm getting all the little details that I want to talk about. Well, it is funny to listen to podcasts that cover a specific show and they'll say, oh, and this crazy waiter in the background or when they ordered this thing off the menu and you're like, I didn't even notice that. Like, then you feel like I was watching it, but I didn't even see it, you know, because half the time I'm watching and also looking at my phone and, you know, so Mm -hmm. it is it is fun to listen to podcasts that have really, really gotten all the details. And let me ask you this. You had a friend on a couple of episodes back that said he was hired to be like a background extra to be eating and that Brittany was his waitress. Mm -hmm. And I was like, now people do actually go in there and eat. But when they're filming now, they're so famous that they have to have like fake diners in there. They probably do because they have to like set up the shot and like, you know, those hustle bustle moments of Sir is so busy. Those, I mean, I've been to Sir pretty recently and it is dead, honey. So like, (laughs) I think just to make sure that they're like getting the shot set up and enticing people to come, but also like they're so famous now that they don't want to just be like, hey, we're going to film, like come on down because you never know like what kind of freaks will get off the leash and like show up. So I think that they keep it. It's like a fine tuned machine at this point. I remember when the show first started and Jax, of course, is so ridiculous and he's not that bright on social media and he would constantly post, hey, I'm going to work at my shift. And because he was just like dying for people to come. And mm-hmm. and then after a while, he's like, I'm not allowed to post when I'm there anymore because I got in trouble. I was like, you think? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> a good way to. Pop- I know that seems like he would really like that would bite him in the ass pretty quickly because he's not the friendliest person. Yeah, I think that in the beginning he was thrilled about the whole thing. And now he's maybe not so much. Totally. He seems very like his energy about it all is very like beleaguered star. I know. Poor thing. Um, On a recent episode, your guest, uh, Carrie, said that Jax Mm -hmm. is like the Donald Trump of reality TV. Mm -hmm. I could not think of a more accurate description of Jax because he does like, you know, apologies to Donald Trump fans out there. But he does sort of say things and then backtrack and then sort of just full out make things up and then try to explain to you why you're wrong about the thing that he made up. Yeah. And um, the story is ever changing. It's ever changing. And last night's episode, it was sort of the same thing with Sheena and sort of how she sort of changes her story to fit whatever person she's talking to. So they mm-hmm. um they are probably the people that I dislike the most on the show. And so it's interesting that they're they're similar. So since we're talking about Jax being the Donald Trump of reality TV, let's um we're gonna go through the the main players, and we'll go through the side players as well, because sometimes those are just as crazy. Okay, so Jax. So he's back to season one, Jax, face and body, um, Mm -hmm. and he's a new man. and Allegedly. Allegedly. And you were saying on your podcast about his constant misspelling on social media, and he's always trying to get uh, free stuff, and also then just flat out calling people like, fat ugly horse from Wisconsin. I mean, he's yeah, so awful. 
I don't think that he has changed. I think that we're getting now sold a narrative that we're supposed to believe as an audience. But this has literally been, if you go back, and this is something I did on the Patreon for Sexy Unique podcast, I went back and watched season one and two and like recapped those seasons because I had never covered those from a podcasting perspective. And like, I started to realize the pattern with Jax is he fucks up really badly. Then he backtracks, apologizes, says he's going to change, makes all these promises. And then the same thing repeats itself. And that's been Jack since literally the dawn of time. So like now I think that he probably has a little more clout or like certain people, you know, decks get larger with every season. Their clout with producers gets larger every season. So they have more power in terms of like the stories they want to tell And now I think he's trying to like tell this story because I think there's a lot of money to be made out of getting married on television. So it really serves him. And I guess in his mind to like continue down this journey and this path of like, I'm a changed man. I'm so different, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, he's so dumb that like, he doesn't know how to back up the lie with actions. So like you go back through his Twitter and he's, fat shaming and like slut shaming all these people that say like one negative thing to him you see that this is the same person like I would venture to say that he's probably continued to cheat on Britney but maybe they're just like brushing it under the rug and like he is the same dirty dog he's always been it's just like do you want to drink the Kool-Aid or not yeah the thing about Britney that's interesting I thought well even if she does break up with him, every single person on the cast have all said, get rid of Jax, we'll keep Britney. So even if she did break up with him, she could still be on the show with her own storyline. So in my mind, I was like, maybe she's just kind of like Raquel. Maybe she's just staying with him to be on the show. But she could be on the show regardless because everyone loves her now. But I don't know. Let me tell you, Britney's next on my list. Um, Two things. Her accent's getting worse. So mm-hmm. I'm a Southerner that has moved north. She's a Southerner that has moved um, west. Her accent should be getting better. It should not be getting worse. And another thing about Brittany is that we just glossed over the fact that she said she slept with her ex-boyfriend. It's like mm-hmm. that that would be on any other reality show. That would be three episodes. And she oh, just totally. said it in passing and no one has even like brought that back up. I, I find that to be the craziest thing. I know it's crazy. She's kind of like her and Jax's relationship is kind of becoming like a caricature of itself. And I think that's why the accent is getting to be worse is because they're now like acting. You know what I mean? He's acting like a changed man. She's acting like just like a shuck Southern girl that's going above and beyond into like cartoon land. Yeah. And the, and the setups of the, when they're like sitting in their den and talking and the setup of, well, gosh, last night at Pride sure was crazy. Let's talk about that. I mean, you know, I was like, okay, the camera didn't just happen to be there. And all of a sudden the two of you sit down and say, wow, that was nuts two days ago. Let's talk about, we haven't talked about it since. I mean, that you're right on the production part of it. It is sort of annoying that you think, yeah, okay. It just used to feel so much more organic in the beginning, I think, because it was it was lightning in a bottle. Like all you had to do is put cameras on these people and they just spun off the face of the planet. And now when you try and like control them and like it just doesn't work as well. 
Yeah, and I think Jax is going to be um, good. I think he's going to be good. He's going to be a, a decent husband. He probably you know won't cheat that often until Brittany has a baby, and then it's all over because he won't oh, be God. able to handle that. He won't have the attention. Yeah, totally. You're not the first person that's thought that, and that's like a great point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, speaking of people and having babies, Tom Schwartz. So mm-hmm. how long <laughs> is this I'm a adorable – lovable drunk frat boy like how long is that gonna last i think we're seeing like the cracks in the facade right now because he looks unwell this season he's so cute though i mean he's very cute he looks kind of gray there's like a weird pallor to his skin like he looks like a little bit dead behind the eyes and i think it's one of those things that it's like you can be the lovable drunk messy friend up until a certain age, and then it's just like, oh, you're actually an alcoholic. So I feel like that's kind of the realization that he's coming to. Yeah, and and speaking of you know babies, I I think same idea with them. I think that Katie thinks it's fun and cute, and let's go to Mexico and be crazy and lose you for two days. That's really fun, but it's not going to be cute if they have a baby and he's acting like that. That that's going to be a bad scene. Yeah. I mean, it's like she was so dead set on like getting married. That was the ultimate goal and not really like his behavior changing. They got married. She got what she wanted, but he's still the same person. He still continued to cheat on her. And she was just like zen about it, I guess, because she started smoking weed and she had a wedding ring on her finger. Like (laughs) it's not it's the same person at the end of the day. Yeah. Katie her her storyline this season is body acceptance and I don't care that I've, you know, gained 10 pounds. And of course, I, you know, I think Katie looks great and I'm yeah. not, I, I don't know why she has to make it such an issue because I think she looks fine, but maybe for her, like you said, she's telling the producers, this is how it's going to go, but she's still kind of boring. <sighs> her like body acceptance storyline. I'm just like, wah, wah, who cares? Like, that's actually not really what's like going on with you at the core of the, I'm sure that's something that she's dealt with. And like, I have respect for that. And I have empathy for that. But no, I don't buy it as like the main thing that she's been struggling with in her life. No. Well, that brings us to Ariana, who last season had a storyline of she hated her vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that was really stupid. Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt, again, it's like, I don't doubt that you've had that thought. I've had that thought, but like, that's not the crux. Yeah. Like, let's go, let's dig deeper. I'm done with this like surface stuff. You guys don't, they're fucking gorgeous IRL. Like I've seen them day to day. They're stunning. And like, yeah, Katie gained some weight, but who cares? I think she just is really that ploy to make herself more likable on television because she got such a bad edit in season five. Yeah, Ariana um, has kind of a little bit of a new face. She does have some enhancements, which is weird that it looks the way it does on camera because I saw her recently a couple weekends ago and she looked gorgeous. Well, she's very pretty. So it's she's not stunning. It, it's not like it doesn't look like a facelift or anything. You could just tell like she plumped up her lip and maybe did some filler or something. I don't know because she's so like, I'm just like a dude, you know, so it's surprising. Yeah. But I think it's hard, though, to be in L.A. and especially to be part of that group and not drink the injectable Kool-Aid after a while. Like you just kind of start to find things 
to inject. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, Sandoval, he still looks like he's 23. So his face shaving is working. Yes. I'm like, do I need to start shaving my face? I know. Me too. Probably. Yeah. How can I get on that train? He wants to get Mm -hmm. married. Same storyline. He wants to get married. Ariana doesn't. I feel like that's just a joke that he like leans on. Like, I feel like they probably like don't argue about that that much. Like, I think that that's like played up for the cameras. I think so. And then it's just like my instinct. I'm, I'm going based off of nothing, but I just like don't, it just doesn't ring like authentic anymore as like a source of conflict. Yeah. They seem to be a a good team. They seem to be a unit. They don't seem to be Mm -hmm. uh, sitting around crying over who wants to get married and who doesn't. Yeah. Now, I'm happy to report that Crazy Kristen's back. She is back. She has that gleam in her eye (laughs) and that little, like, sense of instability that we've all come to know and love. She has a mission. And when she has a mission, well, you know, that's the the best kind of Kristen. Mm -hmm. This season, it's uh, bring James down. In the past, it's been bring Tom down. But now she wants to bring James down. And I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine with it, too. Like, I don't want James off the show because I think that he works. He's like an essential part of Vanderpump Rules now. I don't want Kristen off the show either. So I'm fine with her, like, doing the whole, like, let's expose James thing. The problem with her trying to expose anyone is their significant others need to actually care that they've cheated on them. And most of the time, Kristen... She comes up over and over again against the same wall, which is like the girlfriends don't care. So like she needs to try another angle maybe. Yeah. And her whole thing of like I'm going to expose that Hope hooked up with James while Raquel was sleeping right there. I was like, hello, this storyline sounds familiar because you did the same thing. I can't imagine what it would be like to be Kristen Doty for a lot of reasons, but watching how badly she was dragged through the mud, she was like destroyed on the show. Truly, she like was sacrificed by everyone else for like sleeping with Jax and she took bore the brunt of everyone's anger in that situation. So it must be so frustrating to watch over and over as all these guys cheat and no one cares or reacts the same way. But that's more reflective of like the internalized misogyny that goes on in Vanderpump Rules than anything else. And like that's kind of the bigger issue. Yeah. And that would suck to be Dodie and like pray for justice every night and never get it. (laughs) Like I'm picturing Kristen and her long legs and her long arms on her side of her bed, like, dear God, please bring me justice. Yeah. Um, now, Stassi's my uh, all-time favorite. I think she mm-hmm. looks great. I think she's happy. And I like she doesn't even pretend to have a job. She's not even pretending. Yeah, she's bad. Like, this is – Stassi not having a job is, like, Stassi's ultimate heaven, right? Even in season one and two, like, we saw her half-heartedly, like, trying to work. But she never has wanted to work. So it's good to just see that she's gotten what she's wanted. Yeah, I think her storyline is I have a podcast and that, you know, pays all my bills. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that that's a true storyline. She's very interesting because she's been the one cast member that's been able to kind of create a brand out of herself and like props to her for that. Yeah, I saw she has she does have a good podcast and she has a book coming out. Mm-hmm. In addition to their, which is a WeHo wine that they have coming out, so they're all, oh, yeah. they're all, uh, they're all getting in on it. Yeah, they got their hands in a lot of places. 
Um, this week's episode, they talk about Brittany and Jack's have a new venture, uh, Mama's Beer Cheese. So there's that. Thank God. The product <laughs> we didn't know we've always needed. Beer Cheese made a real impression on me when it was first trotted out at the restaurant they went to in Jackson, Brittany, Take Kentucky. So like, I will be trying at least once. Yeah, it's just sort of like a beery, spicy queso is what it tastes like to me. Okay. Is it queso consistency? Because it looked more like like a hummus consistency. It's between. I didn't it's see pretty, this. It's pretty I haven't thick. watched this episode. Okay, yeah. It's like a thick, like you eat it with like a carrot or a ch- or like a cracker. Um, or like a Frito. A Frito. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I think you incorporate it into like a Frito chili pie or is that like too many things? I think that would be taking it one step too far. But I mean, who knows? Yeah, let's see what Jackson Brittany can do with it. Okay, yeah. I don't know how far, like, I don't know what the demand is in the marketplace (laughs) for Mama's beer cheese. So, like, I would be shocked if they turn this into like a real moneymaker. But, you know, I think I've learned over the years is never underestimate the power of the Vanderpumpers. (laughs) <laughs> so we move on to Lala. So she finally announces who her boyfriend is, the worst kept secret in the world. I know. Rand. Randall. And mm-hmm. they just recently had their uh, engagement party, I guess, in real time. And yes, so they did. I guess they're not. I mean, I don't know. Are they – he's going to be on the show or not? What's going to happen with Rand? I don't know if he's going to be on the show. Like he's said in interviews that he's not going to be on the show. And I get like why he wouldn't be, but I feel like he's such an integral part of her life that like he has to pop up at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't imagine there'll be a wedding special or anything, but. uh, I mean, they were on like Jeff Lewis's show together. So like. Well, I have to to imagine that's this because they got a bunch of free shit. Yeah, true. Um, I don't enjoy her fake lip ring through the middle of her bottom lip that she's sporting. (laughs) It's a pretty wild look, but like I'm pretty down with Lala, like everything Lala does. I'm like intrigued by it. Like I like her fashion risks. I think she's really uh, beautiful, and I wish that she would like ease, go easy on the makeup because whenever they show her just with no makeup, she's so pretty. Totally, just like clear skin. Like she looks great. All right, I'm going to side characters, and I'm including Sheena in that because I really have a strong distaste for Sheena. Fair enough. I, um, I don't enjoy her, so let's just squeeze right past her. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think Sheena's storyline is going to be? I mean, it, I she, she's dating Adam, who she tried to set up with Brittany, and everybody's icing her out, and she doesn't know why. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think Sheena is just she's fascinating as like just a character and personality study because she's one of those people that truly like doesn't know herself. She does not, has never like taken a moment to look inward and say like, what is it that makes me tick? What am I passionate about? What do I love? What do I hate? She just is kind of truly going off of whatever she reads on like the Daily Mail as a trend and like whatever she thinks will make her popular or more famous. And we see it backfire over and over. So it's kind of gratifying in that sense because as annoying as she is, it's she represents like all of all of us in terms of consuming popular culture and media and like letting that inform our personality rather than like 
actually trying to get a personality of our own. Yeah. I don't follow her on any social media anymore because it was just so much. And mm-hmm. and that's helped me in my hatred for yeah. her not to follow her. It's, it's funny to see who like rubs people the wrong way. Cause like when you really hate someone on Vanderpump Rules, you really hate them, you know? Yeah. She is the only one I feel so strongly about. Um, here or there, you know, Jack's mostly in real life. I think I hate him on the show. I think he's entertaining. Now, mm-hmm. we have Bo, uh, Stassi's boyfriend, who's adorable and happy, and Stassi feels like she can be herself. So he's a, he's a two thumbs up for me. Yeah, you and Lisa both. Oh, I know. I mean, me and Lisa Vanderpump, we have so much in common. Okay, let's talk about Raquel. So she got some new lips and she got some new teeth, but same brain. Yeah. And she I, talks a little faster this season, which I thought was going to be like promising at first. She's getting more lines. She's getting more yeah. lines. I don't know. I can't put my finger on Raquel because I thought at first that she was just, I was like, who is this robot woman? But like, she must be pretty calculated. I mean, you have to be pretty calculated to end up on a reality show and like climb your way up the ranks. I don't think you just stumble onto camera and then you're just like, oh my God, like living your life. And then you're like a character on a reality show. I don't know. It remains to be seen, but it's sad to me when women in relationships allow themselves to be disrespected over and over and over and like, don't, don't hold men accountable or don't like set boundaries that build out respect for themselves. It's difficult to watch. Yeah. And she's also really young and, you know, wasn't living in the same city as her boyfriend for about a year of of two or two years or however. So she doesn't know what he's doing and she doesn't care that much. I think she wants to be on TV and she's willing Mm -hmm. to stay with him because of that. Yeah. And now they, I mean, this, all the people on the show do this where they like move in together fairly quickly and like adopt pets together and they like merge their life with someone to where that makes it even harder to like extricate yourself from like a damaging situation when you've merged so intensely. Yeah. So, well, that, she, br- but at least like James isn't sleeping behind like a divider <laughs> anymore in that guy's apartment. The Chinese screen where he had the Union Jack mm-hmm. hanging on the wall. Yeah. Um, okay, so that brings us to DJ James Kennedy. Um, he's a fully raging addict of some sort, correct? Uh, I think so. He has like substance abuse problems, that's for sure. Um, I was stunned to hear on one of your old podcasts that you think he's hot. I do find him attractive. He's grown into his features over the years. I mean, at first glance, I was horrified and then. I do have to say, like, there are attractive things about him. I don't think he's attractive when he's really fucked up and, like, spewing hatred and, like, nonsense. But when he's just, like, behind the decks, living his DJ truth and really, like, shining bright like a diamond, I'm all in. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so let's go back to your podcast. So what mm-hmm. can we look forward to on your podcast as this season goes along? Do you have any like surprise guests? I know you said like Chrissy Teigen would be your dream guest. I would love Chrissy Teigen. I mean, I would love Jennifer Lawrence on the podcast because I know she watches and I know that she's super opinionated. 
I think you can look forward to a lot more guests. I'm trying to branch out and include maybe my least favorite quadrant of human being that's straight men, but I'm trying (laughs) to get more of their perspective. Um, And yeah, I want to bring back some like some podcast favorites because there are certain people that I just like love to talk about Vanderpump Rules with and that never gets old to me. And then I'm also looking forward to having like a couple guests who deal in the mystical element. So I'm hoping to have an aura reader on who can really get deep into the cast auras and maybe even like a psychic um, because I think we now need to like be digging deeper. Okay. Well, that will be very interesting to listen to. <laughs> that's again, that's very LA of you. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've gone full LA. It's uh, no secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm here for it. Like that sounds like a nice uh, spin on the Vanderpump people. I mean, if you, you're going to have to go deep because they've been on TV a long time. Mm-hmm. So when you're not watching Vanderpump or working on your two podcasts, or is there another best-selling book coming out of you? You know, I I think I started a lot of podcasts to get away from writing because I was a little burnt out by writing and needed a break. And now I'm starting to really feel that pull to start writing again. So I am hopeful that in the next year or two, there will be a book on the horizon by me, not a white girl problems book, but my very own book. So that's cool. Cross your fingers. <laughs> I yeah. hate writing and I'm shaking even thinking about it now, but it's it's definitely a part of the of the bigger picture of what I do. So it's time to get back to it. Well, you said that you don't have cable anymore, so maybe that means you listen to a lot of podcasts. And if so, what podcast do you listen to? I try to listen to the daily podcasts every morning. That's the New York Times when it because it just makes me feel like I have like a good grasp on like what's going on in the news. And uh, although it can be very depressing sometimes, uh, but I try and get that in. I'm a huge fan of the Goop podcast. Really? Um, Yes, I love it. I mean, I love Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop and like everything that she does is heaven to me. So I listen to the Goop podcast. I have gotten into like Oprah's super soul conversations. They're really inspiring And she is like a good mixture of people on there. And then I recently listened to the Origins uh, Sex in the City episodes where they talked about the just like the journey of creating Sex in the City and the history of the show and stuff. And that was really fascinating. Okay, is what's the name of that podcast? It's called The Origins? It's called Origins. And I think they do different topics, but they did three episodes about Sex in the City. It was from conception to like the end of the series. And they got every person that was involved in the show, except for Kim Cattrall on the podcast to talk about it. It's such a good revisit because if you're like me and like you're a huge Sex in the City head, you just really, I mean, I was devastated by Sex in the City 3 not happening. And it's nice to just like hear their voices talking about these characters. Like it's like a warm hug and it's like, it's not making up for the loss of Sex and the City 3, but it definitely is like, it's an okay substitution. I highly recommend it. it. It was a guy that did it. I think I heard him on Heather McDonald's podcast talking about it. Yeah, it's a guy that does it. I can't remember his name right now. He came very secondary to everyone else that was on the podcast. So. Okay, well, now I've heard yeah, about it. You now just look I, it up in the podcast. Store. Now I've heard about it twice, so I'll have to listen to yeah. it because I love Sex and the City, mm-hmm. too. 
Okay, so we've got we've got Goop, we've got Oprah, we've got Sex and the City, and then we, of course we have the Sirius, the Daily, the New York Times. Yeah, you got to ground, you got to get grounded in there, you know, between all the reality and the Goop, you got to have something to like bring you back to earth. You have to start your day with some real news. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been amazing, and I've loved talking to you because I am fully believing Vanderpump Rules is the best reality show ever made. It is. I really, I like, I'm not kidding. I I say it all the time. Now, I'm kind of these days into 90 Day Fiance, and that's sort of coming in second place, which, by the way, Jax likes to (laughs) slam 90 Day Fiance people on social media. Like, why is he fighting with these people that are on 90 Day Fiance? You know, I think it's the kind of thing like when you find someone in a reality show that just sparks so much anger inside of you that you have to like talk about it. You have to hold that person up as a mirror because really what you're not liking is it's like showing you something in yourself that you really don't like. So that's probably what Jax is doing as he's seeing. And I don't know because I haven't watched 90 Day Fiance, but I imagine the guys on that show are like horrible, right? The, the one that he has gone after the most is a Jamaican guy who's 20 who's marrying this 32-year-old woman, and they live in Pennsylvania. And he's a, a well-known player back in Jamaica. He's 20, of course. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what Jax doesn't like because he he's a well-known player, and he's marrying this older woman in the state. So I guess Jax doesn't like that because he sees himself in that. Interesting. Yep. I'd say that now, he could unpack that in therapy. For sure. When he goes to Reiki. Yeah. (sighs) Now tell my listeners where they can find you and both of your podcasts. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, any social media at Lars Marie, L-A-R-Z-M-A-R-I-E. And you can find my podcasts wherever podcasts are consumed. Uh, Sexy Unique Podcast, uh, my other podcast, Babe. And I actually have a third podcast called Saving Sex in the City 3, which I tap writers or comedians to come on and we brainstorm a plot for the Sex in the City 3 movie that was canceled. So that one kind of comes out very randomly. I release episodes because it's kind of just a passion project, but you can find that wherever podcasts are consumed as well. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe I did not know about that one. It's okay. It's kind of the dark horse. Like, it flies under the radar. But it's a real – I am really proud of it. There's lots of laws there. It's like if you like just improv and living in a fantasy world with these characters that we've come to know and love and you love Sex and the City, you should check it out. Uh, I definitely will. I definitely will. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I will be going back home to watch Vanderpump Rules for a second time for this week. And so I can see all the little details. So I'll know what you're talking about when you talk about it on your show. Thank you so much for having me, Mary Payne. I really enjoyed being on your pod. Okay, thank you. 